1: Welcome to MLB Extras, the Colorado Rockies edition. Hello, everybody. I'm Allison Footer, and I'm here with my friend Thomas Harding, who is getting ready to go to spring training and also has a lot of interesting things, actually, uh, going on with the Rockies right now. Thomas, you recently had an interesting chat with the owner of the Rockies in terms of what they might have in mind for Nolan Arenado, so... I'm going to open the floor to you. And I just want you to sort of tell us, you know, what all transpired with, with that meeting.
2: Yeah. Um, during the weekend, I went to an event in Greeley, Colorado, where the owner, Dick Monfort, is from, raises a lot of money there. And he had just gotten back from California where they signed the one-year, $26 million contract with Nolan Arenado, And I started asking him about possibly a long-term deal. And he was really enthusiastic about, of it happening. Yeah, he, he didn't want to box Nolan or his agent in, but he was saying that, hey, we, you know, we've made some progress here, and maybe something could happen. Um, he feels like the, the Rockies, their market, their television situation, um, all support being able to give Nolan a pretty big contract. Um, the one thing that he did say was if the market went crazy, and the only way it would really go crazy is if uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper got money that nobody thinks they're going to get right now. now. That's the only way it's going to happen. But he said if the market doesn't go crazy, he has something to and he feels like Nolan would like to get something done with the Rockies.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing that stood out to me with all of his quotes were, uh, I, I think we've gotten to the point where we're to the finals, he said. We're to the crescendo. I, I mean, it just kind of confirms a lot of things that general managers never want to go on the record with. Number one, that they're even negotiating. You know, Number two, that there's some progress. Number three, that it could actually possibly happen. I mean, it's all about leverage. It's all about negotiation. Um, so what do you think Jeff Bright is saying right now? Oh,
2: I'm, I'm sure he's thinking like, <laughs> I would never say these things on the record. If you look at Nolan Arnato and w- even going into the last season, they discussed of the possibility of a long-term deal, but Nolan made it clear up front that he didn't want this thing dragging into the regular season. And, Nolan is the type of guy that he really wants to get to baseball. Whatever happens, whether they sign it, whether they don't, he really wants to get to baseball. Hey, after um, Nolan signed, I actually talked to him last week, and this was a guy that was really enthusiastic about um, the deal he signed. I mean, who wouldn't be? $26 million for one year, the largest uh, arbitration thing. But, you know— he 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 did say that um, Jeff Breidich and the owner, Dick Montfort, came out and talked to him about the franchise and the the future, and he feels like they do have a plan. And if you look at the way the Rockies are structured, where they have a lot of youth on the field with veterans interspersed, this is something that they hope uh, sustains for a few years.
1: Yeah. um, uh, It's really, it's not like it's anything inflammatory, and it's not like uh, these things aren't you know, good for the fan base to know and that there is interest on both sides. And of course, you're talking about an iconic franchise type player. Then this is, uh, these are the things that I guess we're going to be reading about for a while. Um, You recently had an interesting article on the Rockies website about how the Rockies might replace Adam Adovino in the bullpen. So what did you come up with from that?
2: Uh, Yeah, um, Adam Adovino, was the primary right-handed setup man for Wade Davis last year. Wade Davis is securing his position, as we discussed last week. So how do you get the ball to him in the ninth inning? Um, sung Wan Oh, who came in the trade with the Blue Jays, I think really helped the bullpen toward the end of the season between him and Scott Oberg, who had one of the best um, four-month periods, really, that that anybody in the league had. Um, a very low ERA, high strikeouts, very low walks. Two. After, after O came in um, August, I believe it was, after O showed up, Those two actually had a better finish to the season when they're trying to get in the playoffs than Adovino did. So you're looking at a couple of guys that have been around, oh, of course, is a veteran, not only of the major leagues, but of Korea and Japan. And Oberg has kind of risen to the point that he's their future closer. I really believe that um, he's the guy who could take over when Wade Davis's contract expires. So they have a couple of varieties to help get them to the end of the game. Now they're going to have to get better out of Brian Shaw and Jake McGee, it seems like we say that all the time, but that's true. And it would be nice if the lefty Mike Dunn is healthy this year after some shoulder issues. So there's some experience late in ball games that they should be able to cover for the absence of Vadovino, provided that everybody pitches the way they're expected to.
1: Now let's talk a little bit about a player that we try to we try to spotlight one player every week that fans are familiar with, but that might have an interesting storyline going into a spring training. So this week we're going to talk about Kyle Freeland. So tell me about uh, just what we should be looking for, Thomas, when spring training starts. Well, first of all, you're looking at a guy who
2: had a lower ERA at home than on the road and finished fourth in the Cy Young voting. So we're talking about a legitimate pitcher who could become a star um, in Kyle Freeland. One of the things that I saw about him, even before he got to the major leagues, when he was early in minor, in, in the minors and spring training games, he really liked to attack right-handed hitters inside. I saw him break a bat of, and I can't remember who it is, but like an established player. And it looked as if Freeland was laughing on the mound. I mean, you know, this is a guy that likes attacking inside. So... He's going to add a little bit of a uh, two-seam fastball that would, that would break the other way against right-handers. Left-handers also, you know, they they know that he buzzes them hard inside and tries to go outside. He's going to do a left-on-left changeup, which a lot of lefties don't like to do because it's going in. The bat path, but he just wants enough things to get people off of his pitches. Because what you what, what you see in the majors, you'll see a young pitcher who will have a really good year, then maybe struggle a bit because the hitters catch up before he adjusts. Uh, so Freeland is trying to get out ahead of it. His catchers, uh, Chris Iannetta and Tony Walters, have talked to him about different things to do. I don't think these new pitches will be big parts of his arsenal, but they'll be there enough so that the hitter will have to respect both sides of the plate.
1: I want to throw one more thing at you Thomas before we end our conversation and that is that Baseball Prospectus has put out their uh, 2019 projections for wins and losses for each major league team and this is a time where fans can all scream at them for uh, why do you hate my team? But I was looking at the Rockies and they actually have them projected to finish second in the NL West with an 85 and 77 record, which I think is entirely reasonable. I don't think the Dodgers are going to win 95 games, which is what they have projected. Um, So what do you think? 85 and 77. And uh, I think that is good enough for a, well, wild card contention, we'll say.
2: What do you think? Well, the the way baseball prospectus has it, I think they have two teams in the East, the Nationals and the Mets, each winning 89 games. Um, I don't think that the Dodgers are going to win 95. And I think part of it is the Rockies are going to be above 85. Hey, um... It's hard with baseball prospects, especially with some of the teams that either are not uh, not um, established, meaning they don't have they have some spots where they're going with young players. I think it's hard to project those teams. Also, it seems like some of the smaller market teams have it. I mean, we people are still laughing about two straight years that the Royals went to the World Series. They had them below eighty wins Um, last year. The Rockies won. 91 games in the regular season. Nobody predicted that. So, like I say, when I look at projections with this team, it seems like when they're bad, the projections are dead on. When they're good, they're all over the place. So, um, I don't know um, how this is going to turn out. I know that in the National League West, it doesn't look like the um, other teams are expected to do a whole lot although i would not sleep on the diamondbacks but you know the padres are probably a year away and the giants are retooling right now so there's a chance for teams in this division to win a bunch of games what i don't see is how two teams in the national league east can win that many games um as competitive as that division is so i'm not sure what to make of it um i think it it is something to kind of go on and look at and compare as the as as the year goes but I don't know that those are things that you're going to look at and go and bet the house on.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think projections are the hardest thing to do. But uh, I admire them for putting themselves out there like that. So uh, that is where we'll end our conversation. Thanks to everybody for listening to MLB Extras, the Colorado Rockies edition. Thomas, we'll talk to you next week.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.